and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I'm Anna Rutberg. And I'm Casey Muratori. And our movie this week is Eraserhead by David Lynch. Yes, it is. Hot on the heels of John Wick 1, <laughs> which was the previous movie that we spontaneously did for the movie club. And Eraserhead, I would say, it was... It gives you a bit of whiplash because we yeah. went from something, you know, that's John Wick is obviously very thought provoking and abstract. And it was hard to kind of go from that to something so concrete and spectacle oriented. <laughs> so, you know, it took a little bit of adjustment. I mean, we just finished watching this like five minutes ago. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, can we talk about this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like. I feel like I need therapy after that. Um. I will say I haven't seen that many David Lynch pictures. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think in my head, like of all the David Lynch pictures I've seen. I've seen I've seen Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive, both of which we did, uh, I believe, on the podcast. Yes, we did. <clears throat> I've also seen The Straight Story and Dune, uh, but I don't think I've seen any other David Lynch pictures. Try to think if there's any other ones I've seen. So I'm not that, I don't have like any kind of encyclopedic knowledge. I've never seen Inland Empire. I've never seen Lost Highway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, there's a bunch of David Lynch things I just haven't seen. Oh, you I did see short film. What Did Jack Do? You love that. I loved that, actually. Yeah. Uh, that may be one of my favorite <laughs> things by David Lynch. <laughs> so Eraserhead, I was just like, oh, well, you know, sure. You, I think you put it, I was like, oh, should we watch this? And I was like, sure. I wasn't quite prepared for Eraserhead. <laughs> I was not. I was not mentally prepared for this experience. It was, I mean, all I kept thinking was that David Lynch is a gift to humanity, but he is not one of us. (laughs) (laughs) He is something else. That may be. Like, trying to wrap my head around anything that this movie might mean, the best I can come up with is, like, David Lynch has, like like, a deep, visceral discomfort with procreation and also just, like, normal life stuff. Like the, there's a, the amazing scene in the dining room when when he's invited over for dinner, right? And that scene that scene is incredible. I don't even. It's it, pretty amazing. It's amazing, and it's like it's also definitely capturing a feeling that feels so authentic and true. Actually, yes, you know, of discomfort, um, with other people's sort of like normal quote unquote behaviors, feeling really just off you know what i mean i would say it was remarkably good at capturing the feeling of going into someone else's home yes where a bunch of strange things are considered normal to them and you're supposed to be polite about it or whatever which you know most people have probably had an experience sort of like that and this was sort of like the caricature version of that and it was done very well yeah Uh, it it was both humorous and relatable and disturbing at the same Super time. disturbing. Uh, all of those things, somehow. Yeah, and I mean, I think, for me, that scene was really the only scene where I felt like I could get something from it as though there were like, there was, like, some sort of intention on, on Lynch's part of, like, trying to communicate something or express something. 
I have no doubt that in his mind, he understands what he's saying here or what he's doing. Although I do think some of it is just being playful with the disturbing imagery stuff. Um, but I get the sense that he's he gets it. Like whatever this. I mean, I think I said a similar thing about Mulholland Drive, which honestly is like way more concrete than this movie. Certainly. Uh, um, I mean, obviously. But like there's definitely this sense that David Lynch is like operating on a whole other plane of existence and he gets what he's saying. I don't get what he's saying, but I I like really. I don't I mean, enjoyed is a weird word to say about this movie, but like I really enjoyed the experience of watching it. It was so unusual. It was like. It does the, it does this rare thing that films sometimes do rarely which is like show you something you've never in your wildest dreams even contemplated before like like I have never thought of anything like this. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. And that's like a rare experience and that film the, the film did that for me. And so I think that's really cool. But it's like what <laughs> What did I just watch? Like, I don't even know. I think uh, I I would say that I don't know. I don't know if a film like this or even Mulholland Drive should really be considered something where it's like, is it that David Lynch knows what he's doing and we just don't understand it or whatever? Yeah. I feel like that's just at at some point. If you're doing a art a particular way, it's like not intellectual. It's yeah. just it's just intuitive, right? Yes. And my assumption would be that it's not like David Lynch has like an essay he could write that explains what Eraserhead. No, no, I totally is agree. About, I totally right? agree. Yeah. My assumption is it's that like this is what it felt like to him. That this these are the things that felt like they should go together. Yeah. With, Possibly with some loose idea about what it's about, yeah. you know, in an in a very abstract sense. Um, and I would have suspect that Mulholland Drive is fairly similar. And so at some level, I, I don't really know that it's like, oh, he gets it and we don't. I think it's more like, no, this was just like a thing he made in the way that he makes things and you'll have a reaction to it. Yeah. But there isn't, you know... Uh, there isn't another way to understand it, right? No, no, I, and and I, yeah. in some sense, that's the point of, of of when you go so far down an ab into an abstract alley. The if it can be unwound and turned into something concrete, then what was the point, right? Like, in fact, sometimes the worst stuff, in my opinion, is stuff that tries to be like. So we didn't do Black Swan, mm -hmm. but I actually don't really love that kind of thing uh, where it's like we're trying to be quote unquote abstract, but actually it's completely concrete. Yeah. And we just put abstract things into it to like because we're trying to be we're, we're, we're trying to be like someone like David Lynch, but we're not because he doesn't have a, I don't think, concrete version of the thing. Yeah. No, you know it, what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think David Lynch, like when I say David Lynch has something in his head, I don't mean that he's literally like, yeah, I understand exactly what all of this means. I just think that he feels 
Like, in his brain, all of this makes sense in some sort of, like, pleasing way to his brain. Right? Like well, his it brain... goes together for some <laughs> yeah, reason, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like all of this stuff is, I mean, it's all stuff he thought of. I mean, you go, the credits are super short. It's like, it's basically just him and, like, yeah. some people. And, and a small crew. And it's like, I think it even said he did the effects, like, which means he probably made all of that weird, like, like the weird baby thing and, like, all of <laughs> yeah. the... You know what I mean? Like, that was coming straight from his head. Like, I just say he's operating on, like, another plane of existence because it's not the typical kind of thing you see. In fact, it feels like David Lynch is really interesting because he feels like a very much like an artist. Absolutely. Who's making films. Absolutely. And yeah. And I don't like I really can't think of anybody else who's as who's hit the mainstream and is as famous and popular in the world of film as David Lynch, who is sort of doing the kind of art film thing that he's doing. Like this is, this is an art film, like straight up. Well, the other thing about it too, is that David Lynch has the ability to make movies that so understand is probably the wrong word, but that people can relate to like Eraserhead probably isn't quite there, but parts of it are, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. And so when you get to something like Mulholland Drive, it's like kind of like the most relatable. Or Blue Velvet. Or Twin Peaks. Right, yeah. Uh, which, you know, I'm not that familiar with. That's an entire TV show. But And so I think it's like, it's kind of rare that you know, a lot of times when people do stuff like this, either it's just pretentious and they're not really making art, they're just trying to make art and failing. Or they might really be making art and it really is genuine, but it just doesn't communicate anything to anybody, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I do think David Lynch falls in a kind of rare sweet spot where it's like, this is pretty inscrutable. Like, I don't really think you can explain a lot of the stuff he does. No. And when I see well, certainly, ex- And certainly in this film, I don't think there isn't really an explanation for like 90% of what's happening. And people like when I see videos like blah explained about David Lynch, yeah. I, when I watch them, I'm like, no, like this is just you trying to put a like not particularly well thought out logical structure on top of this thing and it doesn't work and i don't think you can right i just don't think that's productive because i don't think it it wasn't a puzzle like i don't think david lynch sets out to make a puzzle for you to solve where you figure out what the movie's about because i don't from every time i've ever heard an interview with him he does not sound like the kind of person who would care about that at all so i'm pretty sure he's just making something that intuitive feels like this is what this is what the movie is it, that's it. There isn't another explanation. You don't, there's not a higher plane of understanding that you go to and suddenly you can lucidly explain what happens in this film. That said, I, I don't know that I enjoyed this film mm-hmm. for whatever way you want to say that about a movie like Eraserhead. Well, like I said, I, enjoy, enjoy is a hard word to use, but like, but the experience is so unusual that there's so much, there's like, it feels like it's worth watching. Like you're gaining something by watching it. Other than having to go to therapy afterwards, <laughs> I would say that the I am happy I watched it for the following reason. And that is that it reinforces my personal interpretation of Mulholland Drive, which I which which made me happy. Like, I like thinking of Mulholland Drive as being something that doesn't have a particularly concrete interpretation. 
and that is loosely just about how there, how Hollywood there isn't a real story, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's always a, it's always not how we tell it, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing some of the trappings in this film. It's like echoes, like the things in Mulholland Drive all appear in this film. I was thinking the right? same thing. You've got the little, you've got the box, you've got, like, there's all this like, recurring imagery. There's so many things, the, the like, kind of, like, the bum outside who witnesses yep. the thing, yep. the man controlling things, yep. there's the box, there's... There's uh, the stage. There's the stage. With the performance. With the performance. Yep. There's that um, part where there's a a sort of weirdly business-like thing where there's like the the big guy in charge and his like helper There's even like this this like erotic there's this this, like this like undertone of eroticism like the whole time or often um which Mulholland Drive has like it's yes he's and so did Blue Velvet by the way like the lady in this and the lady in Blue Velvet felt very similar to me not not in terms of their characterization but like tonally Mm -hmm. and so uh to me, it just kind of reinforced the fact that, like, no, I think this is sort of, it's sort of like, oh, you know, you think of a Picasso painting as having these kinds of brush strokes. It's like, yeah, like, so these things that people try to, like, overexplain in something like Mulholland Drive, it's like, no, that's just how he paints that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, like it's, it's not, it's, it's his, not. Those a, are his fascinations. Yeah. Those are the, his yes. personal. I mean, I felt this way. We, we didn't talk about this movie. And we probably won't. But the new Miyazaki film. Uh, we might. I mean, we might we do might. that one, yeah. Maybe in the future. Yeah. But one thing I felt about that film is, like, the same idea, which is, like, there's there's obviously this, like, recurring, echoing imagery in yeah. that that is obviously just, like, an artist having, like, their brain get stuck on certain things, and that's that's just the way it is, like, being an artist, right? You get, you have your little fixations, your little fascinations, and, like, those are the things you kind of always come back to. And I felt so that- it's sort of like when you have like a jazz performer or something or, you know, a guitarist, it's like, here's kind of the way they play stuff. It's like, that's just kind of how they do things. It's mm-hmm. not it's not part of some grand yeah. scheme that is to be unraveled. It's just it's how they express themselves in this way. And so to me, that was very refreshing because I was like, ah, yes, it really. That is what's that's probably what's going on in Mahal Drive as well. Right. You know, it's like. It's I'm just mentioning Miyazaki, but I actually was I did think of him during this movie actually, uh, because I feel like he's another another director who is like a master of surreal imagery, mm-hmm. um, in a very different medium, animation and and very different tone as well. But like, I honestly think David Lynch is doing, he's doing surrealism, like surreal imagery at at the same sort of high level that I would say Miyazaki is. He's just, it's a lot creepier and more unsettling and darker. And so it's like probably not as many people's cup of tea, but like, I think just the, the, the freedom of his mind, right. Where he just is able to let himself go to these very odd nightmarish places. I also am kind of impressed uh, in terms of directing because one of the things, I mean, when I watch something like Mulholland Drive, I may be not so aware of how you would direct or, or the difficulties involved in directing the scenes. Because a fair number of them are scenes that you could imagine just directing normally. Like, they're not so bizarre. Although some kind of are. 
when you watch something like Eraserhead, I'm kind of also aware that it's like, okay, if you take the scene where the girl is dancing on the stage and the little things are falling down, yeah. and she squishes them. Like, you have to, like, explain to an actor what they're, like, there is I, no context dude, for this, right? All I could think during that scene was about what he had to say to her to get her to do the performance. That's literally yes. all I was thinking during the scene. And she's, Me too. Doing, she's doing it. Yes. And so there's kind of this other thing that's like, when you're doing surreal stuff, there's also this thing of, like, it feels like a much bigger directorial challenge because it's, it's not... You can't just say, oh, you know, you're sad here and be upset about... Because only David like, Lynch what? gets it. Only David Lynch gets he's it. He's the only person who knows yeah. what's supposed to happen. And so somehow he's conveying to these people what they need to be doing, how they're supposed to look at things. And I'm imagining that he has to give them cues that do draw from other things. Like, imagine you were in in a beauty pageant or imagine you were doing this, or right? I don't know. I, I, it kind of makes me want to watch if there's any behind-the-scenes things where David Lynch gives a uh, directorial notes to an actor. It's probably not, because it's not the kind of thing that usually makes it there might be. onto. But if there was, I really want to see something like that, because I just don't know, like... I don't even know what that process would be like. Does he just have them do some things and pick one? Does he have a very specific idea and try? he tries to communicate it to them in some way? And if so, how? Like, it's just, it's very interesting to me. And yeah. that kept going through my head in a lot of these scenes because it's like, there is no context. You can't method act this because it's nothing is happening that happens real. So you always have to use an analogy. Like, he would have to say, like, as if this or as if that to communicate to an actor what the hell they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, like, what are you supposed to be feeling when this stuff is happening? And how are you supposed to be reacting to these things? Because none of these things are real things that could ever happen or whatever that you can relate to, right? Like, they're so... I mean, I I think of that, like, I I mentioned before, the scene with the dinner. Like, Mm -hmm. in that scene, there's so many weird interactions that these characters are having. And there's, like, lots of different interactions happening at the same time whether you've got three or four characters in a scene, right? And it's just, like, it's so unsettling. Um, like, yeah. And and the actors are really pulling it off. Yes. Um, like, I, I think of the shot where the, the father is sitting at the table and he's, like, grinning. Yes. And the girl is right behind him in the doorway, sobbing. Yep. And it's just, like... It's nuts. It's just nuts. I mean, I think also this this film is like really well shot. The black and white is really, really well done. There's some really, really nice imagery in it. I do um, think, you know, this movie was probably made for five dollars. I uh, and it kind of underscores the fact that David Lynch, I mean, this is an early picture of his, is someone who knows how to make movies. You're yeah. just like, okay, yep anyone else doing anything like this in similar circumstances and it would have looked absolutely horrible and instead it's quite watchable if disturbing yep uh, and really mostly what you notice is they probably they could have used a higher lighting budget which i'm sure they didn't have cuz some th- shots are a little dark uh, in ways that probably weren't super intentional. Like sometimes when someone's walking in a dark area, you could tell they just didn't have the equipment they would need yeah. to make sure that you could sort of see them. Yeah. But other than that, it's remarkably well done. Yeah, there's a, there's like some very striking shots. One that sticks in my head is one of the earliest ones in the in the film where you see that guy with the levers sitting yes. in front of this window. It's a gorgeous shot. It yes. looks Amazing. Reminded I mean, me of Metropolis, actually. There was a couple moments in this movie that made me think of Metropolis, like when yeah. the radiator like opens. Yep. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a it's a film that I would say is definitely worth watching once. It's difficult to watch, yeah, because it is fairly disturbing. Yeah, but it's if like you a nightmare. It's like an actual it. nightmare. Yeah, if you can uh, stomach it. Then, yeah. And it, I mean, I guess what I would say is if you like David Lynch, if you don't like David Lynch, don't watch this movie. It, it's it's everything you don't yeah. like. Because uh, you, you will need therapy. You after. will need therapy. Um, so I thought there were some really interesting things about this. Again, mostly to me, it was just really interesting because I was like, you could see that David Lynch is just David Lynch from day one. Yeah. Like there isn't like an evolution of David Lynch. He just it. He was David Lynch. And. My guess is that most of what comes after this is just like him dealing with the reality of getting movies made. But but he was him from day one, and it's just like, yeah. okay. Well, and he has more. He, he As he goes on in his career, he gets more resources. So his, yeah. his movies get bigger budgets, and they he's a little more to work with. And he gets, I'm sure, you know, he's also more well-known and well-respected, so he can probably get, you know, famous actors and stuff. But, like, yeah, it's like the brain behind it is the same brain. Well, sure. and I was thinking there's a lot of stuff in this uh, film that kind of lets you know what he's going to do later. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned some of the things that I, I felt like had pretty strong echoes in Mulholland Drive. Uh, but Blue Velvet is also really interesting. So uh, I just want to point out, like, some things that caught my attention here with relation to Blue Velvet. Yep. One of the best parts of Blue Velvet, in my opinion, and I mentioned this when we did the podcast was I really liked his use of intercutting sort of completely unrelated image like shots mm-hmm. into sequences to let you know what's going on in that sequence and it happens a couple times in the film and uh but it's pretty sparse it's not very common but it's like occasional and specifically like there was one where he showed how the woman in blue velvet the uh the dark-haired woman mm-hmm was sort of like sadomasochistic or masochistic, I guess. Yeah. And liked pain, found pain to be sexual by having like when he he like hits her or something and it cuts to the shot of her like smiling and like in a in a very sensual way mm-hmm. just for a second and then cuts back. And it was like this way of like communicating that internal feeling to you very cleanly. And it worked perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And I noticed that this movie kind of does similar things in it. I noticed it very specifically one time that I thought was really interesting. And I, I suspect it happened a couple times in the movie, but it's so smooth that I, I wasn't probably even paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. There's a time when he, he, the main character, thinks about going to the mailbox. And yeah. you, it cuts to the mailbox just for a second and then cuts back. And then he tries to go out, but the baby is crying, mm-hmm. right? There's like this kind of sequence of things that occur or whatever. It's something like that. I, yeah, yeah. If, forgive like me that. for not being specific, but I, I'm probably not going to watch Eraserhead again to d- remember all of the details. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that happened, a little bit after that happened, I was like, oh, wait, wow, that was really interesting. Like he just kind of let me know what the character was thinking with no dialogue just by like, deciding to shove in a really quick cut of like something that the person was thinking. And I'm like, that's something he's going to do again. And I was like, okay, this is just, again, it's just intuitive to him. This is how, this is his brushstroke. This is how he paints Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. 
Uh, and I found that really fascinating too, again, just as a sort of like way of understanding Blue Velvet later in more in detail about what's going on there, yeah. right? In in his head when he makes this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it was interesting too how little dialogue was in this movie. I mean, it's it's basically entirely like a sensory experience. Um, the the sound design, which I believe, it, according to the credits, he did, uh, is really well done. Yeah. The sort of like muffled sound effects, like in the the distance, like these eerie, creepy sound effects. I feel like uh. we've maybe heard that in movies before too. Okay. Um, but I feel like the sound design was really, really good. It, it really, was the, the steam radiator was another yeah, really good one. And, just like emphasizing yeah. all of the. It's just so unsettling the whole time. And, like, there's just stuff I, like, it feels like a dream, like a nightmare. Uh, like, stuff like the, the the repeating imagery in this film of, like, the plants and, like, growing. Yeah. And then just there's, yeah. like, dirt and, yeah. like, moss and stuff. Like, or weird things like when the chicken just starts vomiting, like, liquid up. And it's, like, I assume. So, many things in this film, I was, like, oh, is that sort of evoking this. Right. But I don't know, right? right? And so my like my overinterpreted way that I was looking at that was like, oh, the mother is worried about the fact that her daughter had a baby out of wedlock and a chicken kind of looks like giving birth. It's got the legs spread open yeah, yeah. and the blood coming out of it was or you know whatever that thing is coming out of it is sort of like her thi- it's she can't not be thinking about that even though she's supposed to be having well, dinner. Yeah. I had no idea I, I, what it actually is, but I'm just like when I see something like that, right? And then the the mother just starts having this sort of like fit as a result mm-hmm. of the like with the chicken, I have no idea. Um those sorts of things feel very nightmarish, mm-hmm. right? Even if they weren't supposed to be, I don't know, but they feel like something that happens in a nightmare mm-hmm. separately. Yeah, and the imagery feels like like those those little tiny chickens. You're like, what is that? Or the baby. The first time you see the baby, yeah. it's like, holy crap! Like it's a nightmare. It's like he pulled these images out of his head, and it's like I'm I feel bad for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I think there was. I, that's why I say if I had to pick, like, if I had to pick a a thing that it was sort of floating around in his head. It would it would be like a deep seated discomfort with a lot of um the sort of ways of life of regular quote unquote people. Um the idea of just like getting married and having these like families that behave in certain ways and you have people over for dinner and all this stuff, having children, like procreating. Like it to me it was like there seemed to be a deep discomfort with that whole concept. There's a lot of repeating imagery, like like the chicken, like you said, and like I feel like that's a repeating thing we see. Um, this like it feels like there's a deep discomfort that he has uh, with with some of this stuff, and there's like repeating imagery of like things that look like orifices, kind of, and little things that look sperm like they're being yeah. squished or, or underfoot, or like things that look and, like yeah. um, umbilical, umbilical cords. cords, and so it's like yeah. Uh, to me, that's if I had to like be reaching here for an interpretation, that's what I would go for is 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 not anything in particular, just an expression of like a deep seated discomfort that David Lynch has. I, I will say that I had n- literally no I, I was not even really able to react 
act to the part. I mean, the movie's called Eraserhead, and we find out why. Literally, his head is made into an eraser head it's like his for brain. pencils. Yeah. Right. Uh, and this happens sort of at a point where his head has been replaced by the baby head, right? And his pre- prior head is made into erasers for, uh, you know, a series of pencils. Some number of pencils. I guess his head, they mm-hmm. cord the head, and then they can make some number of erasers for the ends of pencils on it. And I, I just, I didn't even, most of the rest of the film, I kind of got a sense of what was going on, at least emotionally. And that part... I have to be honest, I kind of just got lost. I was like, what is okay, happening? Okay, here's, here's sort of my vague theory. Yeah, I'd based, like to hear that. Based on what I just said. Look, I don't know what David Lynch actually thinks. This is just right. me pulling shit out of my Of course, ass. yeah. To me, there seemed to be a discomfort with the idea of procreation. Yes, sure. And, I mean, this and movie like literally has for, infanticide in it. I mean... Yeah, it's like caring for this creature that's... It's it's hideous. It gets sick. It screams and cries and won't let you leave the house and, and ruins your relationship or whatever, you know? And um, it's like a huge burden. And so I almost felt like... I mean, the like his head pops off and literally he, the child takes over. Right, which it's like that the makes child sense. takes over yeah. your life. And then, That's reinforced actually later when the girl from uh, the the lady across the hall looks at him and sees only the yes, baby head. Yes. Right. So like, it seems she's no longer yeah. seeing him as like a sexual yes. thing of desire. He's just this like. Yeah. Um. And so I I guess because David Lynch is an artistic person, I sort of see the eraser thing as just like your head is gone, <laughs> like your ability to create is gone. Now you, you know, like you are turned into something that can just... Can only erase? I don't know. It kind of fell apart. That's the thing. I mean, I could almost see it be more likely to be like you're almost like the infanticide aspect of it is like, well, er- erasing. That is what that is. It's erasing something. Sure. Uh, but I, 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 again, I just, for whatever reason, that part, I think again, because like I said at the beginning, I don't know if there is an explanation for a lot of these things or if there even should be. And so when I'm watching it, I'm trying to kind of more loosely, right? Like I said, like, oh, it's like, I'm not interpreting, like, what does it mean that the chicken is vomiting black stuff out of it? I'm just like, oh, it's kind of like, I understand what the mother's situation is. I understand kind of how the chicken might be part of that or whatever. And I'm just kind of like going with that, but I'm not going to try and put specifics to it. And so... Most of the scenes, actually, I kind of felt like I was able to go with in that way. Like when he's looking at the radiator or whatever and things like that, I I felt like I was able to sort of emotionally get where we're at and why he might be doing those things, even if they are very abstract. But when his head pops off and is replaced by the baby head, like totally with you there, the head then falls into an alternate reality and is made into racers. I just... I didn't know even emotionally what was happening at that point. It's the one part of the movie that was like, uh, if I may use a very bad pun, over my head. Meaning <laughs> whatever was supposed to be happening in the film there, I didn't 
latch onto at all. I mean, it was uh, it, within the context of the film, it is a dream. But like, I mean, but even so, I just I don't know for whatever reason that part didn't land. Like it didn't land for me, right? Yeah. Um, well, it was it was so I think because in the rest of the film there is so much like repeating imagery and repeating sort of like quote unquote thematic kind of seeming things in a in a surprisingly concrete way yeah, yeah. right I mean, you know we it's keep like it's seeing the yeah. same the yeah. same kind of things and then yeah i agree like that that section that scene was completely like unrelated to anything we had seen prior and we'll see again right like it was it was totally isolated so yeah i don't really know what we're meant to think about the eraser part of it exactly i don't know i, I mean I guess what I'm saying is, if I may, that was like my my quote unquote one criticism of the movie. Like, <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I just didn't really like that part. I felt like it took me out of the experience a bit. I felt like I wasn't really, I wasn't understanding the film at that point. For the for the loose definition of understanding that I'm using, where I, I am not understanding it in a, uh, in a sort of, lexicographic sense like i can't a semantic sense or whatever you want to call it i can't put words to it yeah but like i felt like i was understanding the film for most of this film which is truly weird and probably just a testament to david lynch but that part it just i i couldn't i don't know it was like a disconnect there for me yeah and i didn't like that and you know, that might be my fault. Maybe I kind of missed something or wasn't in tune with it enough. But, you know, I felt like the rest of the movie really flowed in a weird way. It, it It's a bit laborious sometimes and quite disturbing other times. But, I mean, it really does feel like you can you sort of understand it after it's over, except that part yeah. for me. No, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It doesn't it definitely doesn't feel like a movie that's really that there's all that much value in trying to overanalyze it. It's not really about that. I think we've said a similar thing with Mulholland Drive where it's like you kind of just have to sit back and turn the brain off a little bit yeah. and just um kind of try to get lost in the in the experience that David Lynch is trying to like present to you well and i think that's why i have this criticism of it in a way right is that like a lot of the things you can sort of see like they again relatable is a weird word to use to it but for describing what goes on in a racer head but but it actually kind of is like when the character is sitting there and looking at the radiator and there's that kind of uh weird like grass like twine growing kind of underneath it and it's got this mysterious light that goes on sometimes in it. The feeling of that is a feeling I related to. Like, I was like, I know sort of that sense of, like, uh, forlornness where you stare at a radiator. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real. Like, you can sort of find places in your life where you've been in that situation. Yeah. And I identified with it, right? And so in in those, in that way, I feel like it's one of the reasons that I don't think this is pretentious. It's because it feels kind of like he really is able to communicate certain experiences and feelings that you have had. Yeah. And he's able to portray them in this really kind of uh, in very, uh, I'm trying to think, intangible is the wrong word, but 
in, in, yeah, abstract, in, impressionistic. That's the word I'm looking for. In a truly impressionistic way, and that's pretty great. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, that eraser head section, it kind of just lost its impression. Like it didn't have that. And and I just was kind of left there just watching this thing and going, I can't relate to this movie all of a sudden that I was sort of relating to in a really weird way. Um, and uh, maybe being disturbed by a little bit as well, but either or. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's that part didn't work for me. And. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just because, hey, if you put something very concrete in a very abstract movie, it does make sense that the dream sequences in an abstract movie would be more concrete because that's like flipping it's it around. It's an interesting idea. Right? Yeah. Um, but it just didn't work. Yeah. That's all I can say. No, I mean, I can totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, just to comment on what you were just saying where it doesn't feel pretentious. Like, I totally agree. I've seen a fair number of, like, art films at this point. And, like, not all of them, but many end up feeling like somebody is sort of, like, trying a little too hard. Um, Or isn't isn't authentic in a way that David Lynch is. Like, David Lynch is David Lynch. And you never feel like he's trying to do something that isn't just truly authentic to himself. And, um... And like that, that makes his movies just work when they are extremely like out there and surreal um, and abstract. And I think, you know, it's where a lot of other directors, I mean, you mentioned Black Swan or something, you know, where, where a lot of other films might fail in where they're being abstract because they are not authentic. Like they're not the mind of the person making it, it can't actually go there. Like, they're not freeing their their brains in a way that is, like, necessary. And There's, like, also... a vulnerability to, to being this surreal. It's, like, like I feel like David Lynch is really, like, exposing his inner workings by making movies like this, right? It's, like, you're getting a glimpse into this man's brain in this really, like, intense way. I I would also say that it feels like his the what you're seeing is how he saw it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a difference between that and the typical art film I see, which it feels oftentimes like that's not the way they saw it. That's the way they were trying to pretend they saw it because they the regular way they saw it wasn't artsy enough in their judgment. So they were like. Trying to push themselves, that's where the pretense comes from, yeah. trying to push themselves into a more abstract thing just because they thought that was the right thing well, to I do. Think, I think right? also, like, a lot of people's brains don't, go, like... That's what I'm saying, like, like it, I, it's I not how they saw it. I can't yeah. go there. Like, I yeah. am not David Lynch. Like, I, my brain doesn't make that kind of imagery. It doesn't go those kind of places. So I think it takes a, there's like a rare sort of artist who can authentically go there and then present it to the viewer in a way that's like not alienating. Um, And and he just, it's like, I find his films to just be always such a fun experience to watch because you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to see, but it's always going to be something you've never seen before. And, and that's like a really amazing experience. Like that's, that's like, one of the great experiences with film, in my opinion, is like seeing something totally new. And I will always get that with David Lynch. And it's just like fantastic. Well, you won't always get it with David Lynch. Yeah, you, you will you, you will get it. 
Did Disney enough. the Disney film The Straight Story about a a, a uh, based on a, the true story of a man who rode a rider mower to see his brother? Okay. I uh, I'm going to just go ahead and guess, although I don't know, that David Lynch was not free to portray that film the way he might otherwise have wanted to. So as a result, it is literally just a film where a guy rides a lawnmower from his home to his brother's home. Well, and there's other times where you see the fight, like in Dune. You you watch that yeah. and you see David Lynch, like, tussling with, with, like, his authentic self is trying to, like, come out, but he's sort of constrained by this story. Yeah. And, like, it's this interesting, like, fight that you can see happening when you watch it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, he's a, he's a really interesting director Yeah, and it's like, it's just always, it's always a treat. Well. So if you really want to have like nightmares. If you want to have nightmares or you are okay with having nightmares and just want to kind of see, uh, a film that where later echoes like later david lynch has many echoes of a racer head i Mm -hmm. would argue um then this film is for you if you'd like to maintain your sanity instead probably not for you i mean this is honestly one of the scariest movies i have ever seen maybe the scariest i don't think it was scary to me it was disturbing it's difference between those two things i guess scary could imply like jump scares or stuff like that it's not that it is it is disturbing d- extremely disturbing yeah. and deeply unsettling yes. in a way that i don't like there's been moments in films that have been like disturbing for me or whatever but like this is just the entire thing is just a nightmare it's- it definitely made me think that if david lynch wanted to make a horror movie i uh, it probably would be like one of the best horror movies because just his natural way of seeing the world is just very disturbing. And most people can't really think of something that disturbing on purpose. Like, (laughs) like most people I don't think can think of things as disturbing as just what David Lynch thinks of. Yeah. Like his natural way of interpreting a baby is scarier than movies that intentionally tried to make a terrifying baby. Like, like the goal of the movie was to be a horror movie about a messed up baby. Nowhere close to what David Lynch just wants to say about a baby in a normal film he was making, as far as I can tell. I don't get the sense this is supposed to be a horror film, actually. (laughs) right? Not in David Lynch's head, it's not. (laughs) Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did think it was a horror movie. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, this is one of those movies I probably will go read about after. Cause uh, yeah, I would, I, I would now I, like to know that's why what I was he like, thought about it. I was like, we have to talk about this now <clears throat> because I have to read a bunch of stuff about this movie. Yeah. Like it's just, it's too ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, is that it for Eraserhead? I think that's it for Eraserhead. Well, folks, that was a wild ride. Um, we were almost going to watch John Wick 2, <laughs> by the way. It was like, do we watch John Wick 2 or do we watch Eraserhead? I think we made the right choice. We probably made the right choice, but wow. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey man, movies are great. There's um, a lot there's a very wide range. So anyway, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yes, we will. Take it easy everybody. Bye.